Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Wolverine 24-7 podcast, your audio source for all things Michigan football, basketball, and recruiting. I'm your host, Zach Shaw. Alejandro Zuniga is here with me. We are live from Paradise Valley, Arizona, where we've been here all week covering the Michigan football team ahead of the Verbo Fiesta Bowl, college football playoff semifinal against number three TCU. And we weren't originally going to do this episode. I I, I kind of committed Alejandro to it without asking him as well. But you know, we, we got to talk to so many people this week. You know, the, the Bulls, they really like kind of the old school media, like talk to as many people as possible. There was a, a media day where every single player who made the trip uh, and was active, I guess, on the active roster was available to speak to. And we won't go into all of the those, like every single one of those stories, but but I did want to kind of outline some of the, the bigger things we learned, because in addition to the media day, we also got banded time with the assistant coaches, the coordinators, uh, as well as some of the key players on Michigan's roster. So thought it'd be interesting. Uh, it might be a shorter episode. And, and obviously we had the, the preview episode yesterday with myself and Steve Lorenz and Alejandro had his behind enemy lines. He's been doing them all year. So you can check those out for the real like matchup, nitty gritty, that kind of stuff. But, but for the folks who want to hear kind of our thoughts on some of the things we learned or some of our takeaways from this week, this is the podcast for you. And Alejandro, I want to start because I think the position group that got the most love this week on either team was Michigan's offensive line. I, I felt like this was a really shining moment and deservedly so they just won the Joe Moore award for best offensive line for the second year in a row I I like your joke that maybe maybe the Joe Moore award committee didn't want to pay for the shipping of having to move that award somewhere else uh, because it is over 500 pounds but at, at the same time just like last year it felt like the offensive line you know they weren't perfect in September and and really weren't even perfect in October but by the time the championship had to be won or was to be won it really felt like the offensive line delivered really fun. I, I I had a personally fun time chatting with Sharon Moore kind of about that growth and also his growth. I mean, it, it really is kind of incredible when you think about it. Had not coached an offensive line before. And and, and to be clear, I mean, he played offensive line uh, under Bob Stoops at Oklahoma. So it's not like this is someone that, that doesn't know offensive line or was, was unqualified. But it is surprising coming off a two and four season Jim Harbaugh parted ways with an offensive line coach who had been an offensive line coach for like 40 years and goes with one with zero. But I think the thing that really jumped out to me, and I do want to get your thoughts on this, is, is you know, Sharon kept talking about the trust. You know, there was so much trust between him and Jim Harbaugh. Um, you know, his voice has expanded over the years. And, and it just feels like that's that cohesion was really on display this week. Not just Sharon and Jim, but, but among the coaches, among the players. We kind of got to see them in open practices, different, lots of, some, Mike Hart's a funny dude, lots of joking around, and you can just tell, I mean, you know, I'm sure everything looks good when you're 13-0, but it did feel like there was a lot of trust and, and a lot of confidence, too, in Michigan's offensive identity, you know, kind of thinking, getting back to that offensive line, and, and you know, they're going to face a new kind of defense, a 3-3-5, uh, TCU has been pretty adamant that they're going to do everything they can to stop the run. But I do think Michigan just really fully believes in what it has going on right now. And it's hard to argue. I mean, Jim Harbaugh had the line today, you are what your record says you are, uh, 13-0. Things are clicking in a lot of ways. Yeah, and we've been talking about it all season, right? This is the reigning Joe Moore Award winners coming in. 
you thought they would upgrade that offensive line with the addition of Olu Olu with Timmy, uh, but you don't know until you see it. And we have now seen it for 13 games. This is an offensive line that is is clicking in many, many ways. Uh, it's It's been very cool getting a chance to talk to players, talk to coaches, and just see them in settings that are outside of the stiff traditional press conferences over these last few weeks. Uh, the one moment that stands out to me is actually from before this trip. It's from when we were in Indianapolis on the field post game after Michigan won the Big Ten championship game over Purdue. There is the trophy ceremony. There is fan, not fans, but players and their families and media on the field as as the confetti's falling down and everyone's pulling out the shirts. And at the end of it, eventually they all have to get into the locker room, right? And a lot of the position groups, you know, they just run in whenever they want. You know, JJ and Donovan Edwards were out there until the very end because they were very popular people. Uh, But the offensive line, they huddled up together one more time. It was Sharon Moore. It was the offensive line. One last huddle as the confetti's falling and it was smash on three, one, two, three, smash. And then they all ran into the locker room. It's it's a very cohesive unit uh, and, and they play like it too. And you know, going back to what you were t- just talking about, Zach, about what this program has become over these last two years, you think back to the to the Washington game last year where Michigan was content running the ball and everyone outside the program looked at that game and said, okay, that'll work against Washington, but is it going to work against Ohio State? Right. Is it going to work to win a championship? There's no way. And it worked last year. And it worked again this year, and it's setting a standard. It is setting a standard, and it's the unit as a whole, and it's the players in that unit too. One thing that stood out to me this week uh, was when you we were talking to Jesse Minter about Michigan's success in the transfer portal this month. Uh, and he said, Olu Timmy is the standard. And isn't that right? Here's a guy who was excellent at Virginia. He came to Michigan because he wanted to compete for championships and because he knew, and he has told us this, when you are an offensive lineman at Michigan, people know who you are, people celebrate you, people respect you. You know, at a lot of other programs, offensive linemen, big uglies, big big anonymous uglies in a lot of ways, right? People don't know their names. Everyone knows Oluoluotimi, and deservedly so. Remington winner, Outland winner, but he is the face of a program in many ways that he that he wouldn't have been at most other schools. And like you said, Zach, this is a unit that has been getting a lot of love this week, even from Sonny Dykes. You know, when we spoke to him today, he said, hey, the way Michigan plays football, they will pick up three yards a carry in the first quarter. That'll be five yards a carry in the third quarter. And then it's 10 yards of carry in the fourth quarter. So can't wait to see it. Can't wait to see it because these are two teams that are very, very different. You know, Big 12 doesn't see a lot of teams like Michigan. TCU has not seen a lot of teams like Michigan and vice versa. Michigan has not really seen a defense like TCU's. These are two teams that play the same sport in very different ways. And it's going to be a blast. It. It will be. I, I I like the contrasting styles. I like I like the intrigue that that provides. And I always think that like I think people look at Michigan. They're like, hey, you Michigan's going to have to change their offense, as you kind of noted. 
maybe TCU is going to have to change its defense. I mean, who dictates who has to modify or change? And obviously both teams are going to change small things. And, and I'm sure Michigan's not going to run exactly the same way that they did against, you know, Illinois or against Purdue or against Ohio State. Um, but at the same time, until someone stops it, right? I mean, isn't that the, uh, the Jim, Jim Harbaugh line? You know, just got to get there by by air or by by land. But someone's got to stop you or else you're just going to keep doing what, what you do best. And and yeah, I, I, I agree with you and, and Olu, I suppose. Uh, the offensive line does get recognition. I mean, I, I would be curious, like if, if you surveyed 100 fans of every college football team, Michigan, I think, would have the best knowledge, you know, just 100 random fans, who are the starting five offensive linemen? Because, the you know, our message boards, and obviously, you know, there's different levels of fanhood, but it seems like everyone knows Olu. seems like everyone knows Ryan Hayes. Uh, you know, everyone knows Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter and Carson Barnhart. People have debates about the backups, too. I mean, you know, it's, 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 uh, and, and they're, they're just adding more. And I think it's easy for them to sell the offensive line now. And, and it was interesting. Talk to a couple backup offensive linemen as well, because they just added three transfers. And so there is kind of this culture of waiting your turn. And, and it was fun talking to them because their reaction was, you know, I was like, what was your reaction to these transfer ads? And they said, bring it on. More competition. We got better as an offensive line. So, you know, and that that goes back to Sharon Moore, I think. I think his infectious energy, his positivity, we saw him a little bit in open practice. It's He's someone that you almost want to play for. We could never make it as an offensive line. It'd be a really bad day uh, along the offensive line if we were out there. But, you know, in, in the sense of, like, he's he's someone that makes you want to do the hard stuff. Uh, and, and he, you know, the confidence that he stores, but also the perfectionism. He's He's probably, I mean, Harbaugh's kind of mentioned it in the past. You know, he's someone that is very hard to like satisfy. I mean, he's, he's happy for you. He wants you to be successful, but he is someone that will always find something you can improve. All right. That's a lot about the offensive line. Let's switch over to the, to the defense. I mean, you know, it is the story though. I mean, that, that really was a, a lot of what we talked about and, and, you know, it ties into that identity. It's not an identity crisis. They're sticking to it based on everything we've heard. So, uh, but on the other side, it is going to be an interesting matchup. I think I think Michigan has a an opportunity to be really successful on offense, but I think on on defense, there's going to be some challenges. And I, I mentioned it yesterday in the podcast. Michigan has given up 715 passing yards in the last two games, and TCU is a pretty good running attack. I mean, Kendra Miller, um, I can't remember which player said it, but Junior Colson compared him to Hassan Haskins, and and pretty. I mean, he basically said, like, if we take our foot off the gas, he's going to knock us over. So, you know, they have a, and they have a very big offensive line, average weight, 317 pounds, average height, six foot, 5.2 inches. And I, I looked it up today and I, I had to tell you 26 combined years of college experience along the starting five offensive line. I mean, that's average of more than five years, which is just crazy to me, but yeah, a lot, a lot of, and then, you know, Max Duggan, probably the most mobile quarterback Michigan has faced this season, even more than Talia Tagovailoa. And so, yeah, there's, there's lots of challenges here. The Quinton Johnston is a projected top 15 draft pick. So, so Alejandro, I, I'm just curious, you know, we, on the days that we got to talk to the defensive players, defensive coaches, what was your biggest takeaway or, or the lasting impression that you got? Well, it, for me, it all starts 
the day of the college football playoff selection, right? That was the day after uh, after Michigan won the Big Ten championship game. It was the day after TCU lost the Big 12 championship game. And we had a chance to, to talk to players then too. And it was, hey, like, what do you know about TCU? And what's the answer that everyone gave? It's, it's that quarterback, Max Duggan, man. Like, that dude is a baller. And right-handed Tim Tebow. The right-handed <laughs> Tim Tebow. Hey, yeah, it, it, that's continued to be the storyline, right? This is, in many ways, like TCU is is the Cinderella of of this four team playoff. Uh, they are the guys who weren't expected to be here. A lot like Michigan last year, right? Uh, but the heart and soul of this team for TCU is is Max Duggan, and Michigan knows it. And what Michigan knows, and and the sense I've gotten in talking to players is they know that no matter what the score is heading into the second half, they know that no matter what the score is heading into the fourth quarter, the game is not going to be over. Max Duggan is a guy who will fight and claw and put his body on the line in so many ways to keep TCU as close as possible or, you know, send him into the lead. This is going to be probably the toughest team that Michigan has faced offensively, I'd have to say. The reason I say that is multiple. So so number one, TCU's receiver, receiving core is are they as talented as Ohio State's top to bottom? Probably not. But they pair that with a quarterback who will throw and can extend plays and can run. That is something that Michigan did not have to contend with with C.J. Stroud, right? C.J. Stroud refuses to cross the line of scrimmage when he has the ball in his hands. Max Duggan will run, and Max Duggan will make plays on the ground. On top of that, the TCU offense does not shy away from running the ball. They have, like you said, a very, very talented running back. And so Michigan can't just drop eight in coverage all the time. If they can, it's because their front four is is really blowing up this this offensive line. But TCU is a lot more balanced of an offense than than you might just expect uh, based on seeing who their quarterback is, based on seeing who their receivers are, and based on the conference that they play in. So I think that's that's the biggest challenge, right? Is like this is an offense that that's explosive. They are one of the most explosive teams in the country. They are facing a Michigan defense that has not given up many ex- explosive plays this year. Uh, but what is the really the one explosive that they've given up this year was Sean Clifford's run and Sean Clifford, Max Duggan, very similar type quarterbacks in in what they what they do and who they are. So this was I this I like I both sides of the ball. It's it's a fascinating matchup and in, in contrasting styles. It's going to be very interesting to see. I, I do think that based on Michigan's struggles against Purdue a little bit. Obviously, they acquitted themselves very well against Ohio State. But I, I do think that, that TCU will be able to move the ball a bit. I, I do think that, you know, that Quentin Johnston is going gonna, is gonna to make some plays. You know, that there was that point early in the season where it seemed like every week an opponent was hitting a, a shot over the top mm-hmm. on Michigan's corners. This is the game where that happens again. And it's... You know, if you lose momentum, as Jim Harbaugh said, Michigan will lose momentum at some point, but they got to get it back. Yeah, for me, I think I think the biggest thing for the defense, and I, I, I do fully agree with you. I think I think TCU is going to make plays. I'd be very surprised if they were shut down or sh- or shut out and just incapable of doing anything. 
And so for me, I think the biggest thing is how Michigan adjusts. It's something that Michigan's been really good at all season. But but as you mentioned, this is a defense that can beat, or an offense, excuse me, that can beat you in several ways. And if you shut one thing down, they might have something else. And and I, I got to talk to Steve Klingscale a little bit about the secondary and, and kind of the how they look at the last couple games where they were giving up big plays and a lot of yards. I mean, Ohio State threw for 349 and then Purdue threw, threw for 366. But, you know, the thing he pointed out is, is in the fourth quarter and in the third quarter, I mean, they combined for four interceptions. They started to, they got better as the game wore on. Not, you know, I think a lot of times that second half stuff is talked about in the strength and conditioning standpoint and the offensive line and the physicality. But there is something about n- knowing what you're facing. And, and you know, if, if someone makes a mistake, don't make it twice. I mean, I think Jim Harbaugh likes to say that about Mike Sainer still, is that that's a strength of his. And so, you know, it was really interesting because the secondary has the highest possible standards. You know, they got a lot of guys who've made a lot of plays this year. But there is something to be said for, you know, finding a way to adjust, finding a way to understand once you get on the stage, once maybe that those first couple cat- catches, making sure you don't make that same mistake twice. Um, I think that's the biggest key for the defense. You know, the big offensive line that they have to face as well. I think I think uh, you know, Michigan's defensive front needs to have a good game. But I, I really, really impressed with Jesse Minter and, and Steve Klinkscale's halftime adjustments so far this season. All right, last topic I want to discuss, and this was one that was kind of permeating in the availabilities earlier this month back in Ann Arbor, but the notion that Michigan is more business-like not just happy to be here. I, I kind of we've been kind of laughing as reporters because they do these events. These bowl games always love to do these these outreach events or these. Um, some are community service. Some are like fun things like going to the beach or top golf or or some of that other stuff. Michigan did a couple, but the players that were there were not the players that are going to play in Saturday's game. I mean, I at least the ones that that Michigan posted the photos of, and I think JJ McCarthy even said like. You know, most of the starters and stuff are not not going to play. And, and I think last year, I don't know that they weren't locked in and engaged, but I do think there is some truth to the fact that they, the emotional mountaintop was the Big Ten in beating Ohio State. I mean, those droughts were really long, eight years for Ohio State, 17 years for the Big Ten. Everything else beyond that was probably gravy. This year, I think there is a, a sentiment. I mean, even like 10 seconds after the Big Ten Championship game. You know, J.J. McCarthy's kind of saying, you know, we've got much bigger goals in mind. Alejandro, I want to get your thoughts on it. I mean, that was something that definitely came up a lot this week um, from players, from coaches. I, I do feel like there is this sentiment that, uh, you know, and, and we noticed, we observed it last year, the or last month, the Big Ten Championship game celebration, much shorter this year than last year. I mean, last year, it's like they they didn't leave until 1.30 in the morning. Uh, this year, I think they left a whole hour earlier. So I do feel like it's a little bit more businesslike, and, and I think they expected to be here. When they were coming off a 2-4 and four season, they could dream as big as they want, but I don't know that everyone expected it to happen. This year, they expected to be on this stage playing somebody, and I think at this point, based on how things have gone, how they've dominated every opponent, uh, I think they expect to win. Yeah, I was, I was talking to Jesse Minter for, for a while yesterday, and you know I, I had to ask him, about a, a brief interaction we'd had during fall camp when, you know, one of his players had just given a press conference and he was talking, it was before the season had started. Uh, and the player had said that Michigan was going to have the best defense in the country. Uh, and I stuck around Shembeckler after, 
uh, I was writing my story and Jesse Minter walked by and I, I pulled him over and I asked him like, Hey man, like, you know, so-and-so just said this, like, you're really going to have the best defense in the country. And he turned to me and he's like, yeah, he's right. Is Michigan the best defense in the country? That's, that's not what I'm trying to argue here, but they, they're up there. But my point is that, that they knew. Right. And I, I talked, I talked to Jesse about this yesterday. I was like, were, were you just joking with me in that conversation? Or like, were you serious even all the way back in, in August that, that you'd have such an excellent defense? Uh, and he told me, no, like I knew this is what we were going to be. And, and I think the offensive line, they knew that they were going to be better than they were last year. And I think that as a whole, Michigan, heck during, during fall camp, I did an anonymous survey of the entire football team. And I told them to give me their hot takes for what the Michigan season was going to be. And about half of them told me undefeated national champions. Now, of course, any team is going to say that, you know, any football player is going to be confident, but, and and looking back at it, you know, with hindsight, you know, you can say what you want, but, but this has been a very confident team. This has not been the 2021 story of, Michigan was given 2% odds to win the Big Ten Championship. And and so when they did, it was euphoria. No, this was, we expect to go into Ohio State to prove that last year wasn't a fluke. We expect to win the Big Ten Championship game. And we expect to make it further in the playoffs than we did last year. And I think that's permeated throughout the entire season. And it's especially true this week. You know, the first thing that Jim Harbaugh said or one of the first things that he said when he got off the plane at the airport uh, on Monday, he was asked, what do you want your team to get out of this trip? And he replies, a win. Yeah. <laughs> right? That's what they're here for. They're not here to go play top golf. You know, I, I, I honestly, I don't think that many of those players have left the hotel other than to go to practice. Like that is what they're here for. They are here on a mission Jim Harbaugh has said many, many times that this is a happy mission, but it's like, I, I think people make, make fun of that and maybe rightly so, uh, at the happy part and sometimes the godly part and, and what have you. Uh, but I think the, the important word there is mission, right? Like this isn't, this isn't, you know, the, the dessert on the season. This isn't the, you know, the reward for the season. This is still the season, uh, and the goal, the goal is not Arizona. The goal is Los Angeles next week. Yeah, it's it's going to be interesting because everyone everyone says that, right? I mean, I and I'm not disputing that it's true or anything anything you said, but but it is kind of funny. Every every bowl team talks a lot of talk about how serious they are and and how excited they are to play. And there's been some close bowl games this year, but but the, sometimes you see a team and you're like, I don't think they really wanted to be here. <laughs> I think they or or I don't think they had the same motivation as the other team, even if they didn't want to be there. Or maybe they did want to be there, but they wanted to do the the beach day, you know, that, that much more. So, so it's um, we'll see what happens on the field. But at the same time, it does feel very mission oriented uh, this year. The Wolverines. I I know this is Alejandro's first bowl game, so he doesn't have the the sense of perspective. But I've been to a few of these. Yeah, this this team this team has that it factor. I give a lot of credit to J.J. McCarthy because I, I went back and looked. I did a story on this jobs not finished thing earlier this week. And after the Penn State game, we have much bigger goals in mind. After the Michigan State game, you know, we, we got a lot of work to do. We got a lot of things to work on. After the Ohio State game, 
know, this hat means nothing. You put the hat on the table, right? After the Big Ten game, we have bigger goals. I mean, it was it was the exact, exact same temperament every single time. And and it's a press conference quote. I get it. You don't have to buy into it. But I do think this team has that it factor where they, while everyone thought last year was a Cinderella team, I, I, I think the team, I think the players returning, viewed it as their entrance into becoming a national powerhouse again. And so we'll see if they can do it, right? I mean, making the playoff is is part of it, but I think, uh, you know, as Jim Harbaugh said back in July, they have four goals this season. Beat Michigan State, beat Ohio State, win the Big Ten, win the national championship. They've done three, very convincingly so, all by more than 20 points. So we'll see what happens on Saturday. For Alejandro Zuniga, I'm Zach Shaw. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. Be sure to check out all of our stories over at michiganinsider.com, michigan.247sports.com. Plenty of content leading up to the game, and there'll be plenty of content after the game either way. This has been the Wolverine 24-7 Podcast. We'll see you next time.